Luke chapter number 15 this morning. Luke chapter number 15. We're going to look this morning at the parable of the prodigal son, but really I think it probably should be titled the prodigal son and his loving father because the father in this uh, story, this parable that Jesus tells, plays a vital role. And when we come in our Bibles to Luke chapter 15, we'll begin reading in verse number 11. Luke chapter 15, verse number 11. I'll read you this parable, the parable of the prodigal son. The Bible says, and he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and am in thy sight, and, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found, and they began to be Mary. This is the story of the prodigal son and his loving father. The story looks something like this. Uh, it begins, and I'll show you in verses 1 and 2, who's Jesus speaking to? I think it's important to note who he's speaking to. He's told several parables to this group of people. And the first group we find in verse 1, the Bible says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners, for to hear him. Now this is fascinating because these people, the publicans and sinners, they have come to hear him. And you can just imagine their demeanor is kind of like, we can't wait to hear what this great master, ruler, teacher, Jesus has to say. They'd heard about miracles. They'd heard about his great works. And you've got publicans and sinners on the edge of their seat waiting to hear him. Now, the interesting thing about these, this group, these two groups of people, the publicans, uh, these, the publicans, they were Jewish people who had sold out to the Roman government and become tax collectors. And they were despised by their own people, the publicans. The publicans, they were, they were deemed traitors in the minds of the religious elite. And the publicans, they wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. The other group was the sinners. And I think they're uh, pretty self-explanatory, right? The publicans and sinners came. Now, it wasn't republicans and sinners. It was just publicans and sinners. So you make sure you get it straight. The, uh, the publicans and sinners were there listening to Jesus. They wanted to hear what he had to say. Then you have 
the group of people that should be on the edge of their seat listening and finding out all that Jesus has to say because he was the fulfillment of their Old Testament law, we find them in verse number 2. The Bible says that the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. The, pu- the publican sinners were listening to the word of God, and the Pharisees, the religious elite, and scribes, the religious elite, the brilliant Bible mind, so to say, of the day, they were murmuring against Jesus, saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with him. Let's just park there for just a minute. Let me tell you, I would far rather identify with the publicans and sinners being a man that knows I need Jesus. I need his forgiveness. I need his grace. I need his mercy. I need his direction. I need his strength. I cannot do it on my own. I need Jesus. I need God's word. I must listen and obey. I'm a man in need. I would far rather be that man than the Pharisee or the scribe who thought somehow they understood and knew the Bible so well and were so religious and did all their religious exercise to such perfection that they could murmur and criticize the very man, Jesus Christ, who came to save their souls from hell. I'll just tell you, I'd much rather be a publican and a sinner and identify with them than with this religious crowd who somehow thought that their works could satisfy the righteous demands of God. We all need Jesus. Don't forget it. So Jesus speaking to these these two groups of people, the folks that are listening are the publicans and sinners. And they're in this mindset that they they need something. They need the Lord. I'll just tell you, if you ever get to the place where you think that you don't need the Lord, you're in a bad place. And they were there listening because they knew that God would give them something. They knew that God could use this great teacher who we knew and we know to be the Messiah, could give this great teacher something that helped them. And boy, does he ever. He tells them of one of the sweetest stories of betrayal that leads to grace and forgiveness and restoration and they need it and we do too the story of the prodigal son and his loving father the setting the story looks something like this there's a man with two sons a man with a great estate and his younger son has got rebellion in his soul and he looks at his dad and says dad father I would like for you to go ahead and give me my half of the estate Because I want to do my own thing. He's taking a glance down into other parts of the world, away from God, God's people, away from God's will, God's work, away from Bible principles. He's looked away from the ways of righteousness and good. He says, I think I can have a really good time doing my own thing down in a far country. Dad, I want you to give me what's mine. Give me what's mine. Give me. His father agrees. At first, I don't agree with the father. Sometimes I think, Father, you really messed up. You should have bent that boy over your knee and bust his hind end. Don't care how old he was. Set him straight. <laughs> but this is a wise father, and he gives his son just enough rope to hang himself. And the boy takes his inheritance. The Bible says he takes it to a far country, and he wastes it with riotous living. Everything that his father had given He wasted. It's gone. He gets so low that in order to eat, he's having to feed pigs and eat with the hogs. We find him in a pig pen. 
The Bible says he comes to himself. He it's like, oh man, what in the world am I doing here? He think, and he says, he says, my father has servants with plenty of food, and here I am wasting away in a pig pen. And he makes a plan. He says, I'm going to go, I'm going to see my dad, and I'm going to tell my dad, I'm going to say, Dad, make me one of your hired servants. He gets up, makes his way back home. The Bible gives us a beautiful picture. He's on his way back home, and he's a long ways yet from home, but just within eyesight, and his dad from a distance identifies and recognizes who it is, and the Bible says that his father comes running to him. Falls at his feet with compassion. Forgives him. The boy rehearses his speech. Dad, make me one of your hired servants. (laughs) His dad won't have it. He doesn't even answer such a foolish request. He looks at one of his servants. He says, you get him a robe, one of my best. You kill the fatted calf. My son that was lost is found. My son that was dead is alive. (laughs) He welcomes the boy back. Oh, what a sweet story of forgiveness and restoration. We're going to talk about it today. The prodigal son and his loving father. There's two points that are a little bit interesting. One, point number one, give me. Point number two, make me. And in this story and in this message, we're going to see two different attitudes that produce two different outcomes. And I'll just tell you, the latter is greater than the early. The first thing that we see is the prodigal son with this spirit, give me. Number one, give me. Look at the Bible says in verse number 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided into them his living. What kind of spirit does this boy have? He had the give me spirit. Have you ever been around somebody who had a give me spirit? Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Give me. Now this guy had gotten to a place where all he could think about was getting what was rightfully his. Now, I'll just tell you something. His father didn't have to give him a red cent. But he had this idea and this notion somehow that everybody owed him something. Have you ever been around somebody like that? Let me encourage you, don't be that person. Don't be that person. You see, we need to come to our lives with the right spirit. And God blesses humility. Let me tell you something. You and I, we don't deserve anything. If we come to the reality of who we are and how rotten we've been, we really only deserve one thing, and that's judgment and hell. When we look at life the way we ought to, hey, look, we are blessed people. How many of you would say that's easier to get along with somebody that has a spirit that I'm so blessed? As opposed to somebody, give me what's mine. Give me, give me. There's no doubt about it. You see, the Christian way to live life is not give me, give me, but what can I give? You see, Jesus had everything there was. He was the king of glory, the creator. And Jesus, the Bible says, because he loved us, humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Why? Because he was exhibiting to us and showing us what Christian love really looks like. He gave himself for us. And I'll just tell you, the most fulfilling way to live your life is not give me, give me, give me. That's that spirit that says, what can I do to be a blessing to somebody else? 
We've heard it said it's more blessed to give than to receive. I think we ought to try it. It's good to be generous and gracious. But this boy had a bad case of the give me's. And he looked at his father. And instead of looking at his father with respect and love and honoring his father's life, all he could think about was getting what he thought was his. And he says, give me the portion of the goods that falleth to me. The Bible says that he, his father, divided, in verse number 12, divided unto them his living. This little word, living, is something that really has struck a chord in my heart. A man's living. What did this boy ask for? He asked for his portion of his father's living. The word living comes from a word that's pretty simple, life, right? What was, what was he asking for? He was asking for his portion of his father's life. You see, his father's living, the possessions that he had, his estate, it was his life. It was the byproduct of how he'd invested and lived his life. And I'll just tell you something. The boy should have had a little more respect for his father's life. So I've thought about this. And I thought about the spirit, this give me spirit. I don't want to have it. But I'll just tell you, we all have a selfish nature. And we've got to guard against being selfish, give-me type people. And one way that we can guard against being a selfish, give-me type person is to remember that we are living someone else's living. Now, look, there have been lots of people who've invested in me. It's Father's Day, so I'm thinking about fathers. I, I want to live a life that pleases my dad. I really do. I represent him. I don't represent just I don't I don't represent just myself. I represent him. There's other men in this room, my Uncle Pete's in here and others folks that are that are listening, folks who've who've invested in my life and, and, and I'm living for them. I just tell you, I don't I take it very serious that every day that I live, I am representing the life of Bill Bice who invested in me, my grandfather, and Dick Sturgill who invested in me, my grandfather. And other folks, faithful folks, servants of the Lord, my stepdad, Mike, and others. You see, I, Pastor Chuck and Brother Fred, and the list could go on and on and on and on and on. But this guy had the spirit that, I want what's mine. Give me. And he went and he wasted the living of his father. Now, I don't want to do that. And I wonder, how are you... Living the life of your great-grandfather, your grandfather. How are you living the life and spending the living of the men and the people and the women that have invested in you? You see, when we rebel against God, we are dragging the living and the lives of the people who've invested in us and wanted something good for us from, for the glory of God. We're dragging their life, their living through the mud. And this boy took a large portion of his father's life and took it to a far country and squandered it away with riotous living. It's the byproduct and one of the byproducts of the give me spirit. Give me. Give me. The Bible says in verse number 13, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. 
in that land, and he began to be in want. Now, I'll just have you know something. It took his dad a long time to develop the living. But it didn't take long at all for this young man with the give me attitude to go into a far country and waste his living and waste his substance. The Bible says with riotous living. The Bible gives us some clarity about living our lives. We're to live our lives principled. We're to say no to sin and yes to the Lord. We're to stay uh, in check with God's word. Now, some people have this idea that, that the, the rules of the Bible are something that are a great hindrance to me to keep me from having joy, to keep me from living and loving life. But I'll just have you know something. If you follow down the path that says, give me, give me, and you go away from God, and God's word and the place of God's blessing, you're going to find out that everything you have is going to be a waste. It's interesting to me what God says about this boy's life. God and his word two different times in this passage says about this boy's life. It says that he was dead. What does God think? When you're running from him, when you're living in sin, God says you're dead. And the, boy, and the father said, kill the fatted calf. We're going to party for my son who was dead. Now he's alive. And God says you're dead. You're, you're living a life that is producing nothing. It's like being dead. And not only is it like being dead, but he says, he says my son who was dead is now alive. My son who was lost is now found. The Bible says you're lost. Now look, you may be there today. You've been following the me, mine, give me model of of your life. And you've tried what you want to try. And you've done everything you can do. And you've sinned and lived in wickedness. And you've understand. And you're beginning to understand. And maybe just today, God has brought you to a place on a Father's Day Sunday morning where you're saying in your heart, Hey, look, I've blown it. Hey, look, I've tried what the world has to offer, and I've found out that it'll leave you empty, and I've wasted enough of my time. I'm going to change things today. Give me. Give me. The Bible says in verse 14 that he had spent all. The Bible says that there came a mighty famine. And the Bible says that he was in want. He was in want. He got to a place where he was in needy. He was needy. Verse 14, uh, in want. Oh, it's sad. It's sad. Somebody said it like this. The funds ran out, the friends took off, and the famine came on. That's how it goes, right? That's how it goes. You know who your real friends are? They're the ones that will visit you in prison. They're the ones that will take your phone call when you got nothing. Your real friends. The give me crowd are not friends at all. The give me crowd will be your friend until you can't give them anymore. And when your giving is gone, you'll find yourself alone in want. Look what he's doing in verse 15. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Where is he now? He's in the pig pen. At this time, if you were not producing... You didn't eat. And he was there, and he was in the pig pen, and he was feeding the swine, and his only way to survive was to eat what the pigs were eating. That's kind of gross to me. I actually thought about that for a few minutes this morning. And I saw it. I closed my eyes, and I saw all that he was eating. Ugh, it's disgusting. 
half-eaten chicken nuggets, half of a Big Mac, a milkshake all mixed together. I closed my eyes and saw it for a minute. I can't even describe some of the things I saw. But that's what he was trying to live on. Not only that, but he was actually living with pigs in a pig pen. Now, for you and I, pigs, they're pretty gross and nasty, but they're not, they're not the end of the world. As a matter of fact, I kind of like eating pigs. How about you? A, big, a pig tastes like bacon to me. I like it. But for a Jew, eating with a pig, eating with the swine, living with the swine, had a whole different meaning. This boy's whole life, he'd been taught that those animals are unclean and we don't eat them. And the Jewish people don't. They didn't. We don't eat pork. We don't eat pigs. They're unclean. And so this man was hanging out and sleeping and eating with animals that his whole life, in his heart, he detested as nasty. I tried to think about that myself too. And I was like, what kind of animal is it that I wouldn't eat? And honestly, there's not very many. <laughs> I've eaten all kinds of stuff. I've eaten, Justin and I, we've eaten guinea pigs together and I've had groundhog, wasn't too bad. I've eaten rattlesnake and crickets. and uh, I've eaten all kinds of gross stuff. But there is one that I'm not real crazy about the thought of eating. It's a possum. Now, I hear people talk about how to make possum good. <laughs> I've heard the same story about how to make carp good. But at uh, any rate, the, uh, uh, I don't think I could eat, I don't want to eat a possum. Now, if somebody fixed it, I probably would. But eating possum doesn't sound, and it's, eating with possums sounds even worse and sleeping with possums sounds worse than that you know I can't imagine eating a possum I can just while I was eating a possum all I'd be able to see is while I was eating that possum is he'd be grinning at me you know they, they grin all the time no possums for me and I'll just tell you I don't want to hang out in no possum pen either no thank you but that's where the boy had gotten to He'd gotten to such a low spot. And the Bible keeps on talking about how low his spot was. He was in want. In verse 15, the Bible says, I'm sorry, verse number 16, he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And the Bible says, and no man gave unto him. Where is he? He's at a place where he's trying to eat, what the, eat with the hogs. And the, he looks around and no man gave unto him. It's a lonely spot, isn't it? Let me tell you something. You live for you. You live for you. You live the give me lifestyle. And you may get successful with a bunch of money in your pocket and a fancy place to live. But I want to tell you, you live for you. The end of living for you is a lonely spot. He was there. He was there. What did give me get him? No man. What did give me get him? The lowest of the low. What did give me get him? Give me got him. God's opinion was that he was lost and dead. Give me. Hey, look, don't fall into that trap. Give me. But there's a change of heart. I'm so thankful for it. Look what the Bible says in verse number 17. In verse number 17, the scene changes and it's sweet. In verse number 17, the Bible says, And when he came to himself. How many of you ever lived in rebellion for a season and you just finally came to yourself and realized, Man, I am going down the wrong path fast. How many of you have been there? Would you help somebody with that? Good. That's good. Aren't you glad you turned back to the Lord? 
this man, he was, he's, he's in the pig pen. And it's like, whoa, what am I doing? Why am I here? This is ridiculous. I can't live like this. And I'm not going to live like this anymore. The Bible says he came to himself. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. Do you know what he thought about when he came to his senses, when he came to himself? The first thing he thought about when he came to his senses and came to himself, he's like, my father. First thing he thought about is, my father. You know, you may have a great father and you may not, but I'll tell you one thing, you have a great father in God the Father and he loves you and he is there for you. And I'll have you know something, you wake up and you come to your senses, you realize, man, I have lived this me, mine, give me lifestyle and I've woken up and I'm alone and I'm empty and I'm miserable and I'm hungry and I need. Let me tell you something, you turn to God, you'll be glad you did. And this boy, he's, the Bible says that he came to himself. He says, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. He says, he says, my dad's servants have plenty of food and more, and I'm starving. Verse 18, he says, I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. He has the right spirit, right? He's repenting. He's getting to the place where he acknowledges that he's wrong. Let me tell you, if you're here today and you find yourself in the pig pen, but you still won't acknowledge that you've gone down, you've been going away from the Father, going down the wrong path, doing the wrong thing. Look, we've got to get to the place where we realize and acknowledge, hey, look, I've been living in sin and rebellion against my God and my Father. And when we acknowledge that we were living in sin. The Bible calls it repentance. And the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all right. As soon as this boy said, God, I've sinned, guess what happened? God forgave him. The Bible says in verse 19, he says, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. He says, make me. As one of thy hired servants. What do you see? I see this boy go from a give me spirit to a make me. He goes to his father and he says, Father. Or he's thinking that. He's not even been there yet. But he's rehearsing it. He's like, I'm going to go to dad. I'm going to say, Dad, just make me one of your hired servants. What's, what's make me? This word, this phrase make me. He is showing his humility. He's showing, that, he's showing that he is broken. He's showing that I know I need God. He's showing that, Lord, I can't make it on my own. I've tried to give me way. He says, I'm going to try something different that I know will work this time. Lord, just make me what you'd have me to be. He says in his heart, I'm going to tell my dad, make me as one of thy hired servants. Verses number 17 and 18 are great verses. He has a, a 19, he, has, he makes a plan. You know, he tells us his intentions. He says, well, well, I'm, I've been in a mess. I'm going to go to my father. And I'm going to tell him, just make me one of your hired servants. I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to do the right thing. He has the right intentions. How many of you ever had really good intentions? The Lord spoke to your heart and you knew he was going to make a change. You need to do something different. God woke you up. 
And you had great intention. You rehearsed it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell that person I'm sorry. I'm not going to go and be with those people anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to get talk to the pastor. I'm going to get the help that I need. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. How many of you ever had big intentions? You thought right in the middle of a sermon maybe. You thought, my lands, this is what I'm going to do. This what, I'm not going to miss church anymore. I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to start coming to Sunday school. I'm going to, I'm going to, whatever. God's put in your heart. You said, man, this is what I'm going to do. And you, you determine you're going to do it. I'm going to read my Bible and pray. Whatever it is. You have great intentions, but your intentions never come to pass. I want you to see what this boy does. He does it right. He humbles himself. He says, I'm going to tell Dad just to make me one of his servants. And then the Bible says in verse 20, he arose and came to his father. Maybe for a season now you've been thinking, I'm going to get right with God. For a season you've been thinking, I'm going to do the right thing. For a season you're going to, I'm going to change. I'm going to ask God to help me. I'm going to repent of my sin. Today's the day that you should arise and do what God's put in your heart to do. The Bible says in verse 20, He arose and came to his father, but he was yet a great way off. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I love this picture in the scriptures. The boy, he says, I'm going to go see my dad. He rehearsed everything he's going to say. And he makes his way. He arrives and he goes towards home. And before he ever even gets close to home, a great way off, his dad sees him a far way off. And the Bible says that his father saw him and had compassion. I'm so thankful for that. You know what the first thing the father did? The father didn't look on his son and say, that piece of trash. He looked on his son and he says in his heart he had compassion. Oh, that boy needs me. That boy needs me. And I want you to know, you've been running from God. You've been living this make me mindset. And I'm sorry, you've been living this, this mind, mind, selfish way. Let me tell you what will happen. When you turn to the Lord, he's going to have compassion on you. Aren't you glad? He's going to have compassion on you. Some people wonder, I've been away from God. How are, how are people in the church going to treat me when I come back? I'll just tell you, if anybody mistreats you, you let me know. I won't put up with it. I can't stand it. Compassion. The father has compassion. He has compassion. Not only does he have compassion, but the Bible says that he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. It was an undignified thing for a man like his father to run, but he didn't care what anybody thought. He was going to run to his boy. He ran. The Bible says fell on his neck, kissed him. The son said unto the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And he had. And in thy sight, and he had. And he says in him, no more worthy to be called his son. But that wasn't true. The father said, I won't hear that foolishness. He doesn't say it like that, but he shows it to us in verse 22. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe I've got. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. He can identify with me. Put shoes on his feet. This, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be, be merry. What did this boy do? He found out that the give me way of living brought about emptiness and loneliness and bitterness and grief. And he woke up in a pig pen and said, You know what? I'm going to live the make me lifestyle where I submit to the will of my father and I'm going to let God bless the work that I'm doing. Hey, I'll tell you something. This boy... Did the right thing. Have you ever wondered what would have happened 
What would have happened if he just stayed living in rebellion? I'll tell you what would have happened. The wages of sin is death. It breaks my heart, but it's a fact. We deal with people all the time. That if they don't come to the place where they repent of their sin and turn to the Lord and get the help they need, the next thing that we're going to be doing for them as a church is a funeral. And I don't like it. What would have happened to the prophet? I'll tell you, I know what would have happened to him. He would have died alone. You know what's sweet? He didn't have to. And he didn't. He turned to the Lord. He turned to his father. Oh, how sweet it is to know that we have a loving father. Oh, what a savior. It's so good. There's a song that I've known since I was a teenager. And uh, I love it very much. It tells the story of this story. It's got a great chorus. Let me share it with you. Like the prodigal son... I wandered in darkness And I traded my life For a world of good time No peace in my heart I ever could find And I got so tired Of eating after the swine So I believe I'll go home And eat with the Father The table is spread And he's waiting for me. I can see the Father coming out to greet me. Lord, I'm willing to be just a servant for thee. Like the prodigal son, I wandered from Jesus. But the good shepherd saw through the heat and the cold, the ninety and nine he left in the fold. Just to find this lost sheep who was hungry and cold. So I believe I'll go home and eat with the Father. The table is spread and he's waiting for me. I can see the Father coming down to greet me. Lord, I'm willing to be. Just a servant for thee. If you've come to yourself, I want to encourage you to do something. It's time to go home. I believe I'll just go home. Hey, he made the right decision. Let's turn from give me to make me. And let the story of the prodigal son and the loving father come true in our own hearts and lives. Oh, what a Savior. Let's pray.